0: Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 26 for Tuesday, April 17th. I'm Alex Dewey, and I'm here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Are you uh you dealing with any any weather delays? Is the is the weather really rough there? I know it's been rough all over the country, right? So. No,
1: not not where we're at. No? Our, our sure. weather's uh just I've, fine here, I've Southern, really California. At, I haven't
0: looked outside recently. Is it? I
1: see I see light coming into the room, so. I'm
0: fairly confident it's good weather. All right, well, in case you were w- worrying about your favorite MLB team's weather status, um San Diego appears to be fine. So no worries there. but uh, we're all good. We're not postponed in any way. We are ready to bring you your weekly dose of baseball, and we'll talk about some of the stuff that happened over the weekend, the very limited baseball that did happen in the parts of the country that were um, you know, playable. So I think we have to, we have to address the, the biggest story of what m- might be the biggest story of the year is what Bartolo Colon is able to do. Um, he is back. He is back to what, what year did he win the Cy Young? Was it like 2004 or some, something? Some random some, year. Some in of the like 2000s. Yeah. Um, he's back to that form, whatever that is. Uh, he threw seven perfect innings against the Houston Astros before losing it in the eighth inning. And that's the best offensive team that, you know, of of this generation, one of the historically best offensive teams, or at least last year was. So uh, it's obviously legit. I invest in Bartolo Colon. He's going to sign an extension, I'm sure, any day now. Uh, six or seven years is my best guess. Uh, what What are you feeling about Bartolo Colon? I, I like your six or seven year estimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in the what two hundred million ballpark, maybe more. Maybe I mean if if we're talking four hundred for Harper, yeah maybe maybe half that, two thirds of that. Seems, yeah, seems about right for him.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, it was nice to see big sexy uh deal against for me the
0: Astros, and then fucking Josh Reddick had to ruin it for all of us. Um, well, come on now, I mean you know it, it, he's he's got to ease us into it. You know we, we it's been a while since we've got to enjoy peak Bartolo. So, um, I mean, you know, he's going to gear up. This time it was seven innings. Next time it'll probably be, you know, seven and two-thirds perfect innings, and then eight, and then he'll tease us until he gets all the way to that perfect game.
1: It's, I would It's rather, just, he just done it. It's just showmanship. Rather,
0: he, he, he just done it against the fucking Astros. Well, yeah, that, that didn't happen, but the Rangers did win that game, even though Justin Verlander was equally as great actually equally as great I think they had the same exact game score um, even though Verlander struck out 11 batters through like seven innings so um, yeah the Astros and the Rangers for that matter have not been hitting Um, that is something that is a little bit shocking at least in the Houston side of things the Rangers lineup is really bad I don't know if you've looked at it recently but especially because Adrian Beltre is not hitting like adrian beltray and elvis andrews is out yeah well that's i was gonna say they're missing a lot of important pieces like like andrews and um you know just it's just not gonna work out you know willie calhoun can maybe help a little bit when he comes up but i don't think the rangers are looking at any uh any help coming soon from the offensive side of things so you know with the astros people like to uh to try to stir up Stories about World Series hangovers. Whenever they get the chance, uh, I have no issues with. <laughs> I have no uh, concerns with the Astros. Do you have any worries? Anything that you've seen with them?
1: Uh, not particularly right now. Um, I I think it's always good. I think is always a concern. I think in baseball, World Series hangover, uh, as little as a little more evidence for it. We saw it with the Cubs last year. Um. And the Cubs were a team that we thought, like, how do you stop these guys? And they they showed a little bit of weakness. So I I think the Astros are probably built better than the Cubs, but a little bit of uh, I mean, I think we're expecting uh, this team to take over the world now, but they're going to have their struggles and other teams are improved as well. So I I think – I don't think they – the expectations are almost like that they were going to go 100 uh, 162 and 0, but it's like teams struggle especially teams mm-hmm. that played uh almost a maximum number of games last year
0: yeah and it's it's very strange that the angels are now the team that's dominating all the storylines in the al west which is something that we've never been used to even though mike trout's been around a long time and uh, now the astros are kind of you know uh, just hanging around there and while well, everybody is watching the angels but you know this is a team that still has two mvp caliber players straight up with carlos correa and jose Altuve. i don't think that's an understatement so and uh, not to mention that their pitching is absolutely disgusting uh, garrett cole has been phenomenal if you haven't seen he struck out 11 or more in every single start verlander is legit he's back charlie morton decided to just become one of the best pitchers in the game also Um, so he's for real and you know who who else they they have that Dallas Keuchel guy he he won a Cy Young at some point Uh, so it's it's a disgusting pitching rotation that they have there Um, so I kind of lost my train of thought we were just talking about why the Astros are really good Uh, we can talk about why some other teams are really good too because (laughs) there's um, there's some interesting storylines going on with the teams that are off to hot starts especially the one in new york that isn't the one that had in you know a splurging off season and brought in one of the the best or brought in the national league mvp it's the other new york team that's off to their best start and is it in franchise history now i think they've won yeah i think yeah i think it's like been nine in, franchise franchise in a row for a couple of games yeah they're like 12 and in... nine straight they like 10 and one I think they're like up yeah. to twelve and one now. They won on a Wilmer uh, Flores walk-off hit. I um, think it's twelve and two. Twelve and 2. two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you know the Mets are are doing pretty insane things over there with a very makeshift cast of characters, so to speak. Um, yeah. Well, especially on the offensive end,
1: I think. I mean, the rotation is still intact. Um, Synder- Syndergaard has been uh, dealing some nasty pitches. So far this year um and like i said i mean stephen mass hasn't been the greatest but nobody's arms have fallen off yet in that rotation
0: mm-hmm. yeah and they'll be getting jason vargas back they have mm-hmm. lots of promise on the pitching side of things it is very early on i don't am not buying the mets really because they're not they're not the same type of team as these other you know teams that we projected to go to the playoffs uh, you know they have Michael Conforto who's back much earlier than everybody thought and he's off to a good start um, and of course they have Cespedes and and Bruce and they have these other guys who are or good players who can you know they've been around they have a lot of experience they can do some damage but it's just it's just kind of firing on all cylinders right now so I, I enjoy watching that type of baseball too where it's not you know Right now, it looks like sheer dominance, but it's also a lot of a lot of close games that they're just grinding out. So, um, good for them. Good for the Mets. You know, en- enjoy it. For if you're a Mets fan, then you have to savor these moments whenever you get the chance. Um, that is throwing no shade. It's just the truth. Um, unless you know you you're close to where the Double A team plays and you can watch Tim Tebow every every so often. So let's go ahead and so well we talked about the weather already which is just ridiculous and there were six games postponed on sunday and there's already been like 24 games postponed and we're two and a half weeks in the season now is that right almost three weeks in yeah i don't know i lose track of time quick but the point is that's a lot of weather delays and a lot of nothing we can can do about that nothing we can really analyze about um (laughs) you know the the uh the potential for more weather delays, but we can talk about what has changed as a result of them. Uh, one of the biggest things, really, this is probably the only really important thing that's changed is just that Shohei Ohtani, who was in the Angels are supposed to play Kansas City, they got postponed on Sunday, which is of course, you know, Ohtani pitching day or so far it has been. And that is going to be thrown off a little bit. He's going to start on Tuesday against the Red Sox. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to slowly uh, correct that schedule back to him pitching on Sundays. I don't know if there's any, you know, <laughs> um, preference to do something like that or if, uh, if they're just going to switch him up to starting every Tuesday now because uh, he mean, seems I, like I a very routine, regimented type of player. So I can't tell if the Jets have approval for Tuesday starts or Sunday starts um you know i the jets of approval you know come and go as they please and uh you know (laughs) i'm starting to think that they're pretty random but that's that's just me um you know no they're 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 precise they're precision okay fine well i think that they would prefer to see shohei otani pitch against a better team in the red Sox, uh dueling against david price like i mentioned and you know we've seen him dominate the a's twice that's the story so far so the Red Sox are not the A's although they are a little worse off if Mookie Betts is not back in the lineup by then he uh, tweaked his foot over the weekend sliding to home plate but doesn't seem to be lined up to miss any significant time Uh, do you what are you expecting from Otani in this you know again (laughs) this is another first for Otani facing an actual potent lineup that is projected to go somewhere in October I I don't know what to expect because like I said he's pitched two good games against
1: the uh uh against the A's on a like I said a pretty rigid schedule he's pitching Sunday now he's kind of off sequence uh he's gonna be pitching against a good team if he goes out and dominates again then I then I think that's one more we're one step closer to really saying okay he you can really start to project long-term success, but if the Red Sox beat him up a little bit, then uh, might have to
0: wait and see a few more starts to see exactly how he's going to shake out the rest of the season. Mhm. Yeah, and I'm still just riding the wave. I think everybody is really. I mean. Yeah. ESPN's now got their own Otani tracker on the you know the the front page of their their MLB. Uh, website so that's an indicator of what they know what people want to see and we're more than more than happy to uh to wait a couple days to watch Otani face a little bit better competition although it would have been maybe better for him to uh to pitch against the Royals and then I believe next weekend was I don't remember who he's lined up to face next Sunday but now I believe he's going to be playing against the Astros uh, early next week if he makes his start seven days apart like we're used to. So the Red Sox and the Astros coming up for Otani. Fun times. Um, you had some <laughs> other interesting Otani news to share. While, while we're still on the the Otani report here, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us about that? Yeah, so over the weekend um,
1: at Kauffman Stadium when the Angels are visiting the Royals, the Angels... Uh, dugout gave a note to some fans uh, Japanese, three uh, female Japanese students who were cheering for Otani, I mean rightfully so um, they asked him to be quiet when he was batting because he likes to tune out the noise but um, and stay focused instead of being like most other baseball players where they can tune out the noise despite the noise being there so um, that was interesting uh, Otani didn't ask for it um, but it was certainly interesting that the Angels felt that they needed to say, uh, tell fans to quiet down while Otani was hitting to focus on the on the road.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that just got me thinking. My first reaction had nothing to do with Otani, oddly enough. It was more just, is this something that MLB teams do on a regular basis? If there's disturbing fan, like there's fans right next to the dugouts every single game, you know, I, I imagine that there are times when. There are really obnoxious fans that, you know, like how do you go about doing that? You said that they they delivered like a note to them. Did they tell them well, directly?
1: They they were sitting directly
0: behind the dugout. So they just so. told them. Yeah, like, more. Somebody or less. in the dugout just hey said hey quiet down. But is that something that happens frequently? There's no I, repercussions. I don't, there's, I don't know how
1: <laughs> I don't know how often the teams actually get involved. I'm, there's plenty of annoying fans everywhere. I think a lot of times other fans themse- other fans themselves will police that because it's abnormal fan behavior. But the reason why I think the Angels had to be involved for this particular instance was because it wasn't anything out of the ordinary in terms of fans. It was cheering, but they had to say that Otani likes silence. So I, I'm curious, when he goes back to Angel Stadium, is it going to be like, a, like football stadiums when the home teams at third down, they're telling everybody to be quiet or like free throws, just to sort of hush over the stadium while <laughs> – no oh, that would be uh, weird i would be
0: super uncomfortable it, with that. It, it it would be weird but i mean are the angels gonna do that because they no they're not gonna yeah. do that could you imagine just the graphic coming up on like the the stadium jumbotron that's just like it's just like a, a finger holding up to a mouth and just like shh, just. i can't imagine entire... that what that's, that's I, I can, that'd not, be not more to distracting say, to me
1: <laughs> not to say
0: that it's right
1: i not to say this right it's just uh I can see the angels doing that, because Otani needs pure silence to hit. Apparently,
0: nah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. He he he's gonna experience some of the, the most aggressive fans that I think we've seen in a while. Just because, he's um, he he's he is baseball right now. Every everything gravitates towards him. Everything revolves around him you know it's just we maybe forgotten a little bit about it because uh, he hasn't pitched in a very long time and there's been weather delays but uh, once we see him do something again then you know that that eruption will will occur and it will happen every week for a while i i don't think we're at about that point where the hype will die down we're still ramping up on the up and up um, i
1: i'm i'm sure opposing fans will uh jump on this and just like be loud no i mean um, they're gonna be
0: loud anyway i'm sure opposing fans are actually rooting for this guy more so than others you know um so that there you have that too to to keep in mind everybody kind of wants him to succeed i think i don't think anybody's out there like oh i I hope i hope he starts his decline now so we don't have to to deal with this guy anymore even you know who i don't even know who the angels biggest rival is is it is it the mariners I, i have no idea Who you'd consider the angels biggest rival to be but i'm sure you know all of them want otani to succeed as well Uh, it's just a weird case like that so let's move on here sunday we've talked a lot about sunday in terms of weather and other bartolo cologne related events but it was also jackie robinson day which is of course something that is it's important to to keep the legacy in the, in the minds of every baseball fan, you know, the players in the field all wear number 42 and they wear it like a badge of honor. I think there, it hasn't lost any of its, of its significance or importance over time, even though it's, you know, it's been a long time since we've had any sort of, you know, <laughs> controversy surrounding that. Um, but, you know, we can talk about Jackie Robinson today. Uh, it's, You know, there's not so much that we can say that isn't already uh, known about what he was able to do, but something that caught my attention as I was watching baseball on Sunday is watching how African-American players, you know, play differently with number 42 on their back. They seem to shift it into another gear and play with that higher level of intensity that, you know... I I perceive it as they want to honor the number that they're wearing even more so than you know some of the other players out there and that's that's a reasonable thing to uh, to assume and that's you know part of that came from me watching the Nationals Rockies game uh, where late in the game I saw Michael Taylor hit a double and he was hustling all around the bases he stole a base and scored on a pass ball like he, just watching that that extra gear and then Ian Desmond hitting a um, go ahead, home run against his former team. Um, you know, there's like those little moments like that. it Got me thinking if there is actually any merit to uh, that idea that African American players shifted into a to a higher gear on Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, there were four homers hit by African American players hit this Sunday, um, along with Ian Desmond. There was uh, Denard Span, Aaron Altair, and uh, there was one more too. who who's the other one that was there i actually do not remember i, I did i did search that one but going back I, I was curious then like i wonder if this is a thing that happens every year where they you know continue to perform at a higher level um and i just you know i'm looking at home i'm just looking at home runs because it's just kind of a, a dumb little thing that i'm looking at i'm not doing an actual you know deep research analysis into it um and i don't i don't think i'm being ridiculous when i say this you know i think there is um you know the basis of what i'm saying makes a little bit of sense uh so in last year actually was a very you know just i go back and look at one year ago all right let's see you hit home runs on on this day there were seven different african-american players that hit a home run on april 15th last year uh like brandon phillips george springer chris davis the caveris davis that is uh john carlos stanton justin upton eric Thames, josh harrison like that's that's a lot of players and i was like all right so i like this every year and then i realized i'm not going to look through every single game log going back uh, every single year so i just kind of kept looking one year at a time and uh, apparently the last year that no african-american player hit a homer on jackie Robinson day was 2013. Uh, there were only eight games on the slate that day it was you know like a tuesday in the middle of the week but that was the last time that nobody hit a home run, so, um, and that's, I think that is, you know, sort of a more significant stat just because the population of African American players is not trending upwards, it's been trending downwards for a little while now, but it's still good to see that there's a lot, lots of the top performers are still showing up and wrapping the number 42 the right way, so, um, I was, it's always a fun day jackie robinson day you know um yeah that's that's all that i had to say about that did you have anything else to to add there or yeah i just kind of gave my piece uh i i just i'll just say that jackie robinson days it.
1: i think major league baseball does it really well because um just the every everybody who plays the game not just african americans and uh other minorities but they, they appreciate what he did for the sport and and um, the impact that he had, and I think Major League Baseball uh, t- taking a day out every year to to honor what what he did for the sport is is really great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got we got a lot of baseball left. So I'm not not necessarily at the point of like I can't wait for next year's Jackie Robinson Day. You know, it, it happens every year. It happens early every year. So you know it's fresh in the mind, and we will get to see a lot more a lot more baseball coming up here um all right a couple more stories that we'll talk about here the braves are not planning on bringing up ronald acuna anytime soon according to you know the braves they are basically gonna wait until he starts hitting is what it sounds like he's off to a kind of slow start in triple a but i for one think that's ridiculous because he is a major league caliber player right now Uh, and the braves seem to acknowledge that in spring training every indication that he would be up when the service time, the extra year of service time would kick in. And now they're just kind of like, well, you know, maybe he could use a little more seasoning. He's not off to a great start. We'll just let him get the ball rolling there. We don't want him to struggle up here. Um, it's it's just not a good look, you know. It's 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 their superstar, and he's not in the major leagues right now. It's it's like if the, the Cubs decide Chris Bryant is off to a really slow start. Let's go ahead and give him a little more time a little more seasoning to uh to, you know get right before the season starts uh, do you have any problem like do you have problems like that i think most fans have with what the braves are doing with acuna or are you kind of um siding a little bit differently here
1: i i just have an issue in general with the service time um thing where because if that's not if that's not a uh uh thing that happens. I don't I couldn't find a word for that. But um he then he doesn't start down in triple A in general. He's playing in the major leagues and now they because he's there, they have an excuse to keep him down there longer. Um well the, it,
0: the, that's there's no excuse like I don't think they want to keep him down. That's the weird thing is that this isn't a service time excuse anymore. This is he can come no, up and play but, now and they don't want him because they want him to just get Himself. Into... But my point is, he should he should have never started in
1: AAA because of the service time. Yeah, yeah. But but now he's off to a slow AAA start, and like, oh, okay, maybe he's not quite ready. But this
0: is a major league team that that's seriously going to look at like a ten game cold streak to start a season and say, okay, this guy's not ready. After you know he showed what he can do against pitchers in the spring training. And all of last year, he just absolutely tore up every single level he played. That he doesn't really have anything to prove anymore. Arizona followed too.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the what the Braves are looking at, but like I said, he should have never started in AAA. We should we shouldn't have they shouldn't have to come to this decision at this time in the year. He should he should have been playing for two weeks already mm-hmm. uh, at the major league level.
0: Well, he's still not here, and now we wait. We continue to wait. Yeah, it is a little bit a little bit disappointing. You know, I mean we haven't seen Acuna. We're not being deprived of anything technically because you know we haven't gotten. Him yet it's not like it's being taken away from us but come on they're just they're just holding out on us and if you're going to tell me that Preston Tucker is the reason that Ronald Acuna is being blocked well you should maybe reconsider your <laughs> your perception of Preston Tucker because he is off to a good start and not a very good player as have been shown by the last few games um come on give us Acuna that's all we want Um, so I guess, you know, that's most of the news, major news from the weekend. There were some injuries and stuff that happened. We talked about a few of them. Uh, I don't think there's anything else major in that department. There's been a few things that happened on today's slate. That's Monday when we're recording this. Um, Bryce Harper actually started off the, the games, the, the Nationals are in New York playing the Mets right now, actually. And. He hit a home run off of Jacob deGrom in which he completely destroyed his bat, was left holding the handle basically as high as his hands go, and that's about it. And it left the ballpark. It was not, you know, it was a legit home run. I juiced ball or not. You know, that was a pretty crazy thing that happened there. Uh, He went full Barry Bonds on that one. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can look up Barry Bonds' broken shattered bat home run as well there's been other players to do that so it's not something that's never happened before but um just because it's Bryce Harper and he's he's smelling that 400 million dollar contract he's got eight on the season already he's off to an insane start Uh, yeah that's that's pretty cool what he's able to do um yeah have you have you do you recall any other home runs like that or any insane homers um
1: Bobby Benia hitting a uh, home run after catcher's interference.
0: Wait, on like on a catcher's interference or like, on a catcher, like so he hit the glove, gi- hit hit hit, hit Joe Girardi's run.
1: glove. It was Joe Girardi the catcher. Okay,
0: hit on Joe, Joe Girardi's run. glove
1: and hit a home run. Yeah, huh. And I don't know if you recall as a Yankees fan, Joe Girardi. Somebody got a single, a reach base, and he chose to keep the single instead of taking catcher, catcher's interference, which would have only advanced one of the base runners one base instead of scoring. He knew that because
0: Bobby Devaney hit a three-run home run after catcher's interference. Um, I did not know about that one. That is a strange one. Uh, I was actually... I was going to say that I was thinking that you were going <laughs> to bring up the home run from this weekend in the dodgers back series where... Um. Oh, I do not remember who hit this home run. It was not a very... Big player, but um, oh, Devin Marrero. Devin, okay, Devin Marrero. Well, it okay. wasn't a home. Well, he it was a home run. run. He he hit a he hit a ball over the wall, and he accidentally passed. Passed. Yeah. Was it Alex Avila who was on first uh, base?
1: Matt, I forget who was on first base, but somebody was on him. first
0: base, <laughs> and so he, he was called out. So he got credit for the RBA single. I would be so pissed off if. The runner on first base just didn't run because that's what happened, You know, it's it's not something that you're expecting is when you hit a home run that the the player in front of you is just not going to be going forward at at the by the you, time, you you, by, the time, time you re- by the time you reach first base, especially like he was just kind of falling asleep. Oh yeah, I him. mean
1: you, you can be frustrated that he he's not running, but you still have, to have the wherewithal to say, okay, don't pass him.
0: Yeah, and I mean like it was obviously not a case where he just blew by him and just disregarded it it was it was completely the base runner's fault so it's i would be very upset but that's another little wacky home run thing that happened this weekend or not home run thing that happened um yeah i think i think my favorite one of all time will still be todd frazier not touching the bat at all on contact when he hit a home run (laughs) um that one was my favorite so yeah that's all we really got for for today with this podcast It's kind of a you know a slow weekend uh, i've mentioned it multiple times already but you know if the weather could please be a little bit friendlier to do everybody across the country we can all just have a good time and watch some baseball and uh yeah that's that's all we ask so that is it for today thank you everybody for joining us we would love to hear what you think about what we had to say and we'd like to hear what you have to say as well so you can comment and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and you can also check out all our content at beattheshiftbaseball.com I've uh, been doing a lot of work on the website so it's looking looking a lot more complete it's a little more easily um traversable now so uh, go ahead and check that out as well connect with us on social media at beattheshiftbp Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Those are good places to, to get in touch with us as well. So, yeah, that is really it for today. As always, Ray. Peace.